Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast, a show that seeks to marvel at the mercy of God that meets us in our messy ministries. I'm, of course, your host, Pastor Brad Gray. I serve as the senior pastor of Stonington Baptist Church right here in central Pennsylvania in a little place called Paxinos. Uh, thank you for clicking play on this particular episode. I am grateful for uh, the fact that I can uh, minister to you. Hopefully, I can bless you, enrich you, and encourage you in the faith. Uh, that's what I aim to do uh, by making these resources uh, available, publicly available, freely available to any and all who would like to uh, seek to grow in their knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, that's what I'm doing here. So if you're a member of Stoning the Baptist Church, welcome. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Hopefully this is a great uh, encouragement to you. If you're not a member of Stoning the Baptist Church, thank you for tuning in. I'm grateful to the fact that I can minister to any and all who happen to find and stumble upon this particular show. Um, there's uh, just a little bit I want to cover. Uh, and I'm excited for what this show today entails. Um, well, I'll just get right into that now. Uh, so while I was on vacation a couple of weeks ago, um, I was able to join my dad on what he does weekly, um, which is a virtual pastor visit. So he uh, kind of records himself just kind of visiting with his church folk and just sharing a word with them, uh, reminding them of certain things. And I was able to hop on that little virtual visit with him. And uh, I'm sharing that uh, that conversation that he and I had with you today in this particular episode. So uh, that audio it comes from that conversation we had. And it's, I would say it's a culmination of a lot of different things, that particular conversation, that is, um, that have been rattling around in my brain for a long time. Things that perhaps you, if you are a member or attender of Stoning to Baptist Church, you would likely be familiar with. Uh, notions of the kingship of Christ, notions of the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus, uh, especially in times such as what we are currently enduring. Times when it appears otherwise, when it appears as though nothing is making sense. That's exactly when God would have us to see uh, that he is has never been more sovereign. He's never been more in control uh, when it appears out of control. And I find that an incredibly hard thing to come to grips with. And perhaps that's why I've been so insistent on sort of championing that message. It's precisely because it's one that it, it, it takes a while for it to get instilled in my brain, to be ingrained in the way I think, my ideology, the my uh, my perspective, my worldview. It, 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 and, and I think it's the worldview of faith, if I can use that terminology. It's the entire notion that God's sovereignty never wanes, it's never uh, diminished, even in our times. Um, that idea in our time, that sort of phraseology, reminds me a lot of the book of Ecclesiastes, which, if you know, a couple of years ago, or the first year I was here, I uh, did a study on that book, and that's a, a theme that it recurs throughout. So I've shared an article below 
where that sort of theme is worked out. And I think it goes right along with another article I've shared below in the notes. You'll, you'll find it called The Deeper Magic of Opportune Obstacles, which is a theme that I reference in my conversation with my dad. Just the idea that there are ex- things that we experience, quote, in our time that appear to be hindrances. And we would have to have to actually confess along with the Apostle Paul that these things have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel as he confesses in Philippians chapter 1. And I would say that that's always true, that the uncertainty of our times is something that never goes away, really. We can pretend that we're living in, quote, the most unprecedented time of human history, and yet that I think just a cursory look at history would prove that that is untrue. But also I would say, too, that there is so much power and profundity in the idea that our times are given to us. They are a gift of grace. Yes, even the tumultuous ones in which we can see the Lord working. And maybe we don't see it in our moments, but we confess that it's true. We declare that it is true. So anyways, this conversation with my dad is sort of a culmination of all those thoughts sort of coming together. And so um, I, I think it's that's why I really wanted to share this. How do we as the church redeem our time rede- and, 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 and exercise our faith in times that would appear to be obstacles and hindrances and ones that are preventing us from uh, living out our faith? How, how do we persist in moments like these? So um, that's how, that, that, that's sort of the, 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 the subject matter of this particular conversation. And I pray that uh, you will benefit from that. Um, and so without further ado, we're going to get it right into it. Uh, I didn't preach this past Sunday on the 19th, so no sermon recaps. I'm really looking forward to this coming Sunday, the 26th, when I'll be back in the pulpit two times, uh, Lord willing. Um, and I'll be preaching in First Kings and then in Philippians 2 uh, in the Sunday evening service. So I'm excited to get back into a, a, a quote-unquote ministerial uh, rhythm again after some uh, various weeks of, of different things going on at, at, at the church. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So anyways, we're just going to jump right into this conversation with my dad and I. Uh, I'm very thankful for it. I'm very grateful for the time that I can spend with him. And that this was just a fun time to spend together just chatting about Jesus and faith and the church and how we can uh, be uh, ha- have certainty in uncertain times. So, uh, so, so yeah, let's get into it. So, uh, a word from the sponsor, um, that's coming up, and then we'll jump right in. No, no more words from me. So, uh, thanks for tuning in. Today's episode of the Ministry Minded Podcast is proud to be partnered with Anchor Podcasts. Anchor is the easiest way for anyone to make a podcast. If you have a latent idea that's just kind of lying around for a show you would like to record one day, I'm confident that anyone could use this platform to host, record, and distribute your podcast, turning your idea into a reality. Anchor puts everything you need to be successful all in one place. You can start a new recording right from your mobile device. They also have convenient creation tools that allow you to edit your audio files so they sound crisp and great. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, letting listeners find your show almost everywhere, including Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and several others. And best of all, it's free. There are no hosting fees or monthly subscriptions or minimum listener counts, just an easy-to-use platform to get your podcast out there at no cost to you. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm today to get started. 
Do you like coffee? I know that you do, and that's why I want to tell you about Fresh Roasted Coffee. Fresh Roasted is a locally owned and operated coffee house right here in central Pennsylvania that is committed to providing the highest quality coffee on earth. They do so by sourcing only the freshest coffee beans and by using the most eco-friendly roasting technology in the world. Fresh Roasted's USDA certified organic coffee beans ensure that your coffee is consistently regulated at each stage of the production process and completely free of GMOs and harmful synthetic substances. Fresh Roasted Coffee roasts their beans per order with immediate packaging and shipping directly to your door, meaning that you get to experience fresh coffee at its peak drinkability. That's what I like. I was introduced to Fresh Roasted Coffee soon after moving to Central Pennsylvania, and I'm so happy I was because I think it's literally the best coffee out there. Their Blackbeard's Revenge blend is out of this world good. Whether you use a regular drip coffee maker or a pour-over or a French press, however you get your coffee fix, make it fresh roasted. Go to the link in the notes for this show and use the offer code GRACE10 at checkout. That's offer code GRACE10 at checkout to get a discount on your next order. Well, as we talk with Brad, I wanted to talk to him regarding uh, some of the topics that we've we've somewhat covered in these uh, many months now that we've been doing these. Because, but I think this is important when it comes to all the things going on, and as I mentioned, the the struggles that we've had in in our own country and around the world with so many things that bombard our our thinking and uh, that come into our lives and uh, so forth. So uh, let me just read one verse here in 2 Timothy chapter 1 in verse 7. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now that's a little bit different translation than some um, are maybe used to, but it's that verse I know, maybe you know it, uh, that God's given us a spirit not of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. That's usually the way you hear it. But whichever you use, the principle is still true that we are, because of who we are, we're not supposed to to run around and live lives in total fear all the time. And, and you know, I've, I've, I've been telling our folks, Brad, that one of the words I'm trying to get out of my own vocabulary, and I'm encouraging it for others, is to get rid of the get rid of the word scared, hmm. and because I've heard that from from Christians for a long time, but even now in particular in particular, you know, as the more I read in Scripture, the more I'm convinced that okay, we can be uh, concerned about things, we can be uh, focused and serious, or as sometimes the word uses, sober minded. Mm-hmm. But I don't think we should ever really truly be scared if God is truly sovereign, he's on his throne, and he's in control. Oh, amen to that. And I would say, like, if you're, I'm not, not I, I just kind of feel like our, the way in which we approach end times kind of, kind of stuff is revealed by kind of like our emotions towards it. If you're scared of it, like, if you're scared of perhaps apocalyptic events that you think are happening it, it kind of i think reveals maybe perhaps where your your faith is and what you're truly trusting mm-hmm. in are you trusting in right. things to right. just keep going smoothly or because honestly i mean this is not to sound like masochistic or something but like as 
the apocalyptic type events keep ramping up, that should actually make the Christian excited. Yeah. It should make us, uh, not that we're Debbie Downers, but it should make us joyful in the sense that we know, because we know the ending. We don't know all the in-between parts, but, you know, I was, I've been holding on to this phrase ever since I was in Bible college, which is just, we know the end of the story. Jesus mm. wins. Yep. And yep. that's, to me, like when Paul is talking to Timothy about love and of a sound mind, which I prefer that translation in that particular verse, but um, I, I think that's what he's kind of leaning into. Uh, what makes us able to love our neighbor in the midst of chaos? What makes us or allows us, frees us to have a sound mind in the midst of the storm of bad news? It's the fact that we know the ending. <laughs> uh, like, it, it just reminds me, like, you know, if you were to watch a football game that you have recorded and you know the score before you watch the recording of the football game, all of the tension is sort of gone out of the game. You don't have mm-hmm. to get as built up and, like, intense about, you know, certain plays that happen if you're watching a recorded football game because you know the ending. You right. know the score. Right. And the church does, too. Uh, right. The church knows the final score. Uh, Jesus is going to be crowned king, and uh, all every knee is going to bow, as it says in Philippians. And uh, that that makes me rejoice. And I don't know. I feel like I've been on like a broken record. Maybe you have too, but I feel like I've been on a broken record ever since I don't know, sometime last year. Well, I feel just that way. Preaching about the kingship yeah. of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel that way too. And and. Um, and I, I don't know, I feel like maybe I've been a little bit uh, repetitive, but I think <laughs> I think it, it's actually, I've been preaching a lot of it to myself, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but also yeah. to, at the same time, to give comfort and hope and all that to uh, other believers, because yeah. I, I think that um, we have a tendency to really focus in on the negative, number one. Yeah. We have, a, we have another tendency to really uh absorb and take in what the 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 liberal mainstream media tells us even believers um I'm surprised but even believers tend to swallow a lot of that and yep. and I think that's unfortunate and I think that again it's a lot of that is due to the fact that maybe we are spending more time um, reading on, CNN as opposed well, to scripture. <laughs> exactly. We're on, we're, you know, or you know, the other feeder for that is social media. Yeah, yeah. Social media is such a feeder for all of that, and um, we spend so much time looking and absorbing that, and, and so forth. And and um, and I know maybe perhaps it sounds cliche, you know, to say, well, we need to be in the Word more. But you know what? It's true. <laughs> it, it, it's true. We need to focus ourselves more in the Word. And, and, you know, be reading along with that, maybe supplementing it by reading good books and uh, encouraging Christian biography and, and so forth, you know. And um, I, I, I do a lot of reading, and I still do a lot of reading in different areas. And, and uh, the one area that I, I feel like that I've maybe neglected is that area of Christian biography or Christian stories or history or whatever. And I need to do a better job uh, hmm. at that because I think those those th- those are the kind of things that are uplifting for the soul. Yeah, amen. And uh, so, well, tell me, Brad, um, uh, how have you specifically maybe encouraged your congregation in these months to do what we've been talking about to have that um, to 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 get away from the spirit of fear and to have that <laughs> sound mind 
and uh, so forth. So it kind of goes right along with what you've been saying about like <laughs> you've been on a broken record. And I've said that to my folks too, is I've just made a really strong emphasis, or at least I've, I've striven to that, um, <laughs> that we basically that our present moment is actually a gift and that we've been given, you know, the gift of this moment now to, evidence what is true and holy and right. Like it goes back to that mm -hmm. verse in Philippians, you know, think on these things. And Paul lists that assortment of things that you should think on, but it's also a list of things that we ought to be evidencing in our walk and in our faith. And I don't think you can do that when you're so to speak, like white knuckling yourself with fear over mm. what you see. And I would just, I, I've just been, it, like like you, I, I've been preaching to myself, and maybe that sounds selfish, but I just know that when I step into the pulpit and I'm preaching, I, I've, I've had to admit that spending time reading headlines does so much work on my soul that makes me anxious and it makes me fretted, and it can actually make me uh, a little bit like jittery <laughs> just because I get so... Uh, frenetic over the things that you see because it's not just one source it's all these sources saying all these different things and yep. it, you don't know yep. what to believe yep. and it just drives me back to the simple sunday school answers are still the most true answers that the whole basis of the christian faith is loving jesus and loving your neighbor is spending time in the word and then you realize that the word is all about jesus and he's the one that is that is promised to uh, to make all things new and to yeah. make everything right yeah. again. All this yeah. terrible brokenness we see, yeah. it's going to be remade. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I don't mean to sound glib, but I think that there's a lot of truth to the fact that this moment is a gift. Like, <laughs> I'm going to throw out <laughs> a, uh, a, a, uh, a J.R.L. Tolkien quote, if you'll permit me. Um, <laughs> because I think it's so true, and I've been kind of maybe reiterating it too much, but in The Lord of the Rings, Gandalf is talking to another character, Frodo, and Frodo is lamenting the fact that this all-powerful ring, right, he, it has been uncovered and unearthed in his time, and he, he, he laments and he says, why did this have to happen in my time? And then Gandalf, he, he sagely puts his hand on Frodo's shoulder and says, that is not for us to decide. All we have to decide is what to do with the time that mm. is given to mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And it's not overtly Christian, but I think it is such a powerful sermon <laughs> in the sense that we don't get to decide whether we were living in the now or in the future yeah. or in the past. Yeah. Yeah. This is our present time. Well, and I, it's a I, gift. Yeah, I like that because, you know, one of the things I've kind of been repeating over and over again is... Um, redeeming the time yep. because the days are evil. Yep. That that's such a profound <laughs> and thing. Paul was writing that in the first century. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and he was even noticing then that the surrounding environment that yeah. in which the church was living in thousands of years ago yeah. was evil and that their their circumstances were not quote ideal, which again makes me think when has there ever been an ideal right. moment for faith <laughs> to be evidence? Well, there's never been an ideal moment. That, that's exactly right. <laughs> and and also, you know, when he says redeem the time, you know, to, to redeem means to buy back. So how do we do how do we do that as mm -hmm. believers? Well, again, it's the simple thing like you were talking about. We do that by communing with the Lord. 
yep. by reading his his word, by by doing all those things. That's how we we buy back exactly the time from the culture. Yep, and and so forth. And 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 let me go down a little bit uh, another little path here that got my um, mind thinking. And and as our folks know, I always talk about the titles of books I'd like to write, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, one of the titles that I'd like to write one day is, um, why are you so surprised? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and talk about some of the things, you know, our Lord says in scripture, don't marvel not that the world hates you, mm. you know, the hostility towards the things of God. And we see that in the news and why, why should we be so surprised when this actually happens? Mm. Yeah. Well, another one is, um, why are we so surprised when, the ungodly act ungodly. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and all the things that we're seeing, all the things that we're hearing and that are, that are coming to the forefront, um, and th- they've always been there. It's just, again, we see it now 24-7 mm-hmm. because of technology. Yep. It, but, but again, I think the most important element of that is, why are you so surprised? <laughs> I can hear the Lord saying, marvel not. Marvel not if the ungodly act ungodly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Well, definitely. And, and and so, again, I see people, and I've even been this way, you know, we read the news and we come away and we're we're like aghast at, 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 at what we're seeing and hearing. And, <laughs> can and, you believe that corporation made that decision oh, about you know, that thing? <laughs> can, can we? Uh, yeah. And it's like, can you believe it? And we're just... <laughs> You know, uh, we have the we have the the vapors because we you know we can't we, we can't get over how awful it is. And some of you don't know what the vapors is. We'll have to explain that later. Yeah, we can. Um, but you know, it, it we we should not be surprised when the world acts worldly, hmm. especially those who know not Christ. And in fact, what it should do is it should burden us for the fact that look, they're acting this way because they don't have the Lord. Yep. And all right, so what does that do? That should motivate us to 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 not only uh, watch our testimony and to be godly, uh, you know, salt and light in front of them, but also to tell them to to have the the gospel witness. Well, it reminds us of our mission, and yeah. <laughs> uh, this is one thing that I have just been so I've been marveling at. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't, but I've been thinking so often about you know. Because when, you know, everything in the world stopped (laughs) or seemingly just got upset, you know, you heard from a lot of corners of, I don't know, evangelicalism, if you will, Christian circles, that, you know, there's all these different signs of the end times that are, you know, here in front of us. Mm -hmm. And it just reminded me so much of Jesus talking to his apostles because, I mean, you know, but if you're, if you don't remember, his apostles ask him on multiple occasions, when will these things be? Mm-hmm. When, when will the kingdom happen? Mm-hmm. And I just, I, I've been focusing on, on uh, Acts 1. You know, when Jesus is ascending, he's on the Mount of Olives. He's literally about to leave. And the last question they ask before he leaves is, when will these things be? Again, they ask him, they want to know, <laughs> when, when will the end times happen? And I love that Jesus' response every time is, that's not for you to know. Right. And what does he say right. to them in Acts is, you are to be my witnesses. And then it's the same sort of comment that he makes in Matthew 28. You are to go and preach the gospel, make disciples, i.e. you are to be my witnesses. Yep. And it reminds me, too, of the Olivet Discourse, which you find in Mark 13 or Matthew 24. And remember, he's going through all those end-time prophecies. And how does he conclude it? He says, 
my apostles, your duty is to watch and pray, <laughs> not to figure out where we are on the timeline of yep. the yep. apocalypse. Yep. It's to watch and pray, be my mm-hmm. witnesses, mm-hmm. i.e. choose to decide what the time that has been given to you and live for the Lord in that time. That's that's the whole duty of man. <laughs> right. Well, and, and isn't it interesting how it comes back to that time yeah, that we talked about? Exactly. And um, how much time we waste on on so many things. Now, that's not saying that 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 living your life and, and no. enjoying it is is a bad thing. Well, because that's you know that's to me is where you can plug in Ecclesiastes. Right. Exactly. Because yep. Solomon yep. in Ecclesiastes is actually saying not to be an Epicurean, not to be a person closed off away from the world, he actually says, go out and enjoy a good dinner. Like the way, like those couple times that he says that phrase, it's actually saying, no, a good dinner with your friends and your family, that's a gift. And that's actually you redeeming the time with them. And that to me is is amazing because we don't have to be, quote, always doing big things for God. We can be doing just faithful things constantly. Right. And, and, but I think your point was is, is correct that there are so many things that that I think we allow um, Satan to distract us. Oh yeah, you know, like you were saying, trying to figure out things that God <laughs> hasn't revealed. Yeah, and you know, I pointed that out in my um, series in Revelation mm. because man, I tell you, the <laughs> the uh, the writers and commentators are well known for getting off on tangents <laughs> in Revelation, trying to figure out who who this person is or what this yeah. means and. <laughs> And all of that, and and we have to go back to the basic of, of hermeneutics or, or interpretation, and that is we can only go so far as the text leads us. And, yep. And to to do otherwise is is not redeeming the time. Yep. yep. And well, and and so I think that that again we can be so uh, or we can succumb to wasting time, hmm. and like you're saying, yeah. Instead of being about the father's business. <laughs> Uh, and, and I think that's, that's important to remember. Well, it just, I love the example of the apostles because going back to Acts 1, he gives them that charge. Don't worry about the end of all things. Just be my witnesses. Mm-hmm. And if you remember, like I know in Peter, in one of his epistles, he writes about the fact that we are living in the end times. And that's obviously something that Paul reiterates too. So think about it. it they're in the first century and they're writing as if, you know, the imminent return of the Messiah would be in their day. But notice what they're preaching about. Like, go to the uh, the Acts of the Apostles. What are all their sermons tending towards? Are they uh, expositing the end times? No, what are they talking about? They're talking about mm-hmm. the resurrection is true. Yeah. Jesus is both Lord and Messiah. Repent and believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's their message, which yeah. to me is so clearly evident of the fact that even if we are living in the end times, let's give the benefit of the doubt that let's say you know, we're 25% of the way there. (laughs) That doesn't change our mission. (laughs) It doesn't change our message. Actually, it should make us yearn all the more to get that simple message of the gospel, repent and believe that Jesus is Lord and Messiah, out all the more. And I I just see it so prevalently, like, we don't need to change our focus. We actually need to to lean more into it, to, this is the sound doctrine of God. Jesus yeah. resurrected on the third day, and He yeah. is God in the flesh, and He has come to redeem you. Yeah. Um, what a what an amazing it, it is example. Well, and and while we are excited and looking toward the future, mm-hmm. I think the emphasis is you live right now, today, in the moment. Yep. 
And you know, you were talking about Peter. <laughs> Peter, Peter, man, he had so many lessons to learn, like all of us, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. And and Peter had to learn this lesson. I love that passage in the last chapter of John, where mm-hmm. where where Peter, um, the Lord t- says, "Okay, Peter." He kind of prophesied, "This is how your life is going to go." And then Peter looks at John and says, "Okay, <laughs> what Lord, him? what about this disciple?" <laughs> and basically, the Lord says, "Peter, what business is it of yours? Yeah. You do the work that I've called you to yeah. do." Yeah. And again, he was telling he was in in essence telling Peter to redeem the time. Yep. To live in the present moment and to do what he had been called to do. Again, we're distracted by not only the news of the world, but maybe the ongoings of other people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and again, social media plays a part in that, doesn't it? You know? <laughs> what did someone have for brunch yesterday? <laughs> yeah. Or, or you know, their lives. And, and again, I, you know, I, I've, I've kind of uh, had some thoughts about, you know, okay, you know, if you want to do all that, that's fine. Because I think there's nothing wrong with wanting to capture... Um, uh, moments in time, happy no, moments with no. your family. That's a great thing. But if it gets to the point where it becomes um, comparing ourselves among ourselves, oh yeah, then then that's a sin. And so that's the downside to it. But we've got to be careful with these, with all of these distractions, whether it's things or even job or you know people or or whatever. Hmm. And and I'll mention one more thing in here too. And that is that we don't often think about that sometimes we can be so busy, even in ministry, with, yeah. with, with, with serving others that we're neglecting to feed ourselves. That's right. Yep. And so if you are a church worker or even a pastor or whatever, and, and you're not taking time to, to feed yourself, you're not redeeming the time no. personally. No. And... Um, you, you're, you're actually, yeah, you're feeding others, but you're starving yourself. Yep. That's a concern. And there's such a fallacy, I think, about quote unquote ministry, kingdom work, that if you are being leisurely, you're not being about kingdom business, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, like if you take any time away for yourself that you're actually not, like you said, redeeming the time. And so there's this unwritten, I would say very unwritten and very, I would say, unscriptural expectation that ministry workers, clergymen, wherever you are on that spectrum, that you have to always be about the Lord's business, so to speak, in the sense that you're always doing something tangibly uh, that, quote, uh, brings someone to Jesus. But I think that there's so much evidence of the fact that I just think about all the times that Jesus goes away from the crowds. Like all in the Gospels, he does uh, a series of miracles, preaching tours, and then he goes away. And he takes some time mm-hmm. in solitude and prays. He rests. And I think about one of the one of the greatest uh, miracles occurs when Jesus is actually ushering his apostles across the Sea of Galilee. I think that's how, it, if I remember the timeline right, in Mark 4, they have just completed a really long series of miracles and ministry, and he sends them across the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. and that's when he walks on the yeah. water, and there's an amazing moment there. But he, I think one of the things that we forget is that he's sending them across the sea to get rest. He wants them. He's actually mandated the fact, yeah. hey, you need to take some time off. Right. And I think that that's something that we fail to do, um, I would say my generation especially, but just people in 2021 there's this a, a really bad habit of always being 
on and not or, turning or too busy. Yeah, yeah, and not taking some time to just yeah. Yeah. quiet. Like, yeah. When was the last time yeah. you just sat and quiet? Yeah, and yeah. let yourself think and yeah. let your mind kind of work. Right. Um, right. No, we fill it with noise. Right. We fill it with activity. And I think that that's right. detrimental. Well, and I think to, to kind of go back to what we originally talked about. So how do we, in this time of turmoil, and it seems to be getting worse instead of better, mm. how, how, do, how do we, um, you know, keep that soul um, peaceful and, and mm. not letting it get into turmoil? I think, I personally think it's what we're talking about here today, which is being so involved in the Father's business with, with, with the right priorities, as we just talked about. Mm-hmm. And walking so close with the Lord that it kind of overshadows everything that the world is. It, it, not that again we're we're ignorant of it, but it kind of overshadows all of that. Yeah. And and, and uh, I, I think it's important that that we that we keep that that mindset and and that we that we're walking so close with Him, doing what we're called to do, that it kind of drowns out all of that other stuff. Yeah. I think of the example of the Apostle Paul in Philippians. As you know, I've been sharing. I just preached through um, the first chapter, so I'm 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 kind of imitating you. I'm seven parts into the series. I'm only done with the first chapter. Um, <laughs> uh, no, but uh, you got that from your grandfather. Yeah, maybe so. No, but Philippians one twelve. I actually I wanted to stay in that verse forever. So Philippians one twelve. Paul has been talking about, you know, the, he's been reminded, you know, he's been praying, he's praying for the Philippian church, and he's talking about how much he relishes their relationship as a church. And then he talks about how don't be worried about me, because even though he's in jail, he's in bonds. And then he says in Rome, uh, Philippians one twelve that actually this has happened as he, well, here, let me read the verse. Let me, let me just read it, because I'm going to botch the quote. But he's talking about, hey, I can, he's, you know, he's talking about joy. He's talking about having peace in the midst of things that don't go our way. And then he says, Philippians 1.12, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel, mm-hmm. which is such an interesting fact, because, like, pause, he's been arrested. He, as sort of the forerunner, the front man of the ministry of the church, you would think that being locked up would be a hindrance, would actually deter the advance of the gospel. And he actually says, no, it's actually furthered it. In the King James, it says, this has happened rather unto the furtherance of the good news. <laughs> and I just think that what an amazing turn of events that he was so about, as you said, his father's business, that even being put in chains actually kept the gospel moving forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he was trying to encourage Philippians, who probably like us would see this moment as a moment of gospel hindrance, Paul is saying, no, this is about gospel advancement, even now. (laughs) And I just think that that is so true even of our day, that these things that are happening all around us are happening rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, not as hindrance. Because again, God's plans have never been upset. Right. Yeah, and and again, I, I I don't think that the early church was obviously ignorant no. of the cultural and uh, you know the, the the things that were going on in in the Roman government and all those things. They were not <laughs> ignorant of that. I'm sure that some of them discussed some of those things because Christians were under persecution. Yep. However, it is interesting to me too that there's not a whole lot of discussion 
in the scriptural text about government things. It, it's hardly there at all. Yeah. You know, the only time that Christ even references it when, is when they were asking about the coin. Oh, taxes. And should they pay taxes? <laughs> and I think he shocked them and said, hey, uh, who, whose who's is that? It belongs to Caesar. We'll give it to him. Yeah. Um, end of story. <laughs> and that's really about the only time he yep. talks about it. And, that's right. And so to me, what that indicates is that, that again, their time, and we're talking about hmm. that today, their time was spent more so in the things of the Lord, the things of God, their mission, their calling, rather than yeah. what we are often guilty of. I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself in here is when we get together, what's our topic of conversation? <laughs> our topic of conversation a lot of times is is news, politics, economics, sports, I'm afraid. Um, and those things aren't necessarily wrong in themselves, but Again, they can be if we put them in a higher priority. Yep, yep. If you let them sort of gain, sort of the the almost as if you let them, you know, have a filibuster on your conversation. Yep. If if they yep. are overcrowding and outvoluming the noise of scripture, you could say, then I think that's when they can be detrimental yep. and discouraging, and ultimately leading to. Uh, a faith that's not as yeah. rigid as yeah. it, as it can be or ought to be. So I really think what we're going to have to do is make a, a, a concerted effort to begin to turn conversations mm-hmm. toward the maybe the spiritual. Yep. And and, and I, that sometimes is not an easy thing because I think all these other things are easier. Yeah, they're way easier. <laughs> um, but also I would think too, turn the conversation towards spiritual but i would say spiritual truth yeah because yeah a lot of i'm not saying that all news is fake news but there's a lot of news that isn't necessarily certain mm-hmm. what's mm-hmm. certain amen the yes. word of god that's right it never changes it's never not certain it's never not true that's right and and why would we want to i mean i even i'm talking to myself why would we want to talk about something that you know, it's it's kind of like it's kind of like you know the 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 sports pregame shows, and they're predicting all these things, and they're speaking about it with such certainty, but they have no idea what's going to happen no, in the game. No, you're talking about eighteen and nineteen year olds playing a football game where literally anything could happen. Yeah, and they're talking about it with such certainty, but it's like we do the same sort mm-hmm. of thing mm-hmm. with news and scandals and things that we see in front of us, when really what we should be focusing on is what is true and certain, which is the word of God, which to me, it, I, I preach to myself in that sense because yep. uh, I'm yep. given to yep. much the same thing. But yep. Absolutely. I'm very thankful that we have Amen. the sound doctrine of God, which again is what Paul is telling Peter about in yep. first and second Timothy. Focus on that. Don't give up the sound. What does he say there? Don't don't give up what has been entrusted to you. Uh, actually, hold fast to it. And uh, he's talking about the sound doctrine that he's been he's been giving him the certainty of the truth of of Christ resurrected for him. And I just uh, what a great thing to meditate on in yeah. these in these times. <laughs> well, that's so good. And and I I recall one of the things that Dad said. And I think to wrap it up here. Hmm. Um, dad would always say something to the effect when it comes to the word of God, he would say, learn it, love it and live it. Yeah, that's true. You know, and you know what, if we do that, those three things, then again, it is going to provide comfort. It's going to provide confidence. It's going to provide direction in a time where we don't have a lot of that seemingly. 
And uh, I think it's going to make a big difference. And so I want to encourage everybody with that yep. is, is keep the word of God uh, central because it'll, it'll make a, a definite difference. Amen. So. Again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this has been the Ministry Minded Podcast. I hope you've been blessed by this episode. If you haven't already subscribed, consider subscribing. That helps me out. Um, but regardless, I appreciate your encouragement, your support. Thank you for listening and commenting. And uh, feel free to reach out if you have questions, if you would like to learn more or know more or just talk about uh, these sort of themes uh, at a greater length. I'll be glad to engage in those sort of discussions, but uh, I hope you've been blessed. Grace, peace to you, my brother and sister in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll see you on the next episode. Blessings.